raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. One day they'll tell a story, and some will say it was just a fairy tale. Everything you said is true. Absolutely true. 14 years as Charlotte Mayor. Always given, never taken. But you're having fun. I know I'm, you are. I'm having a good time with Bo Thompson. Somewhere yes. between the right and the left, there's the middle. Four years as NC Governor. This is the best of America. God bless you all. Behind the scenes conversations. You can't handle the truth. No talking points. Hey, Pat, it's Donald, and I just want to tell you to keep up the good work. We're proud of you. Perspective you won't find anywhere else. Don't put your stupid hat on. WBT presents. It's time for a Carolina comeback. The Pat McCrory Show with Bo Thompson. I always go right, guys. Take that out. Mother. Brother, take that out. Remove that word, please. You know, when we started playing this Marvin Gaye song about a year and a half ago, we had no idea that it would then be rated by Rolling Stone magazine the number one album of all time. Taking the place of uh, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. We made this album famous. What's going on? But now it needs to be removed from the Rolling Stone review because the PC police have again taken over our country. He starts the song out by going, Mother, Mother. What's wrong with that? Bo Thompson, tell me what's wrong with saying mother, mother, according to the new Georgia Orwellian laws of the United States of America in the House of Representatives. Mother, mother. This is the last time you're going to hear it on WBT because we're going to be getting a memo soon. It's going to be person, person. Person, person. And you have to identify your pronouns that you wish to use. Person, person. Parent, parent. No, I think it's parent-parent. Human-human? Mother is now parent. So Marvin, they're going to have to replace his voice with someone going, parent-parent. Now, what's wrong with sister-sister or brother-brother? Think hard on this. Well, you don't know what they identify as. You don't know what they identify or what, how they express themselves. We have this difficulty at times, even within the studio, with David from Asheville. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure we can call him David anymore from Asheville. Because <laughs> occasionally I'd call David from Asheville my brother. And now the PC police in Asheville are going, you can't say that. So I talked to my uh, siblings. <laughs> sibling, sibling. 
during the holidays. Yeah. You know, just see how they're doing because I couldn't see him because of this virus thing. I mean, everyone's. I wanted to go visit my sibling. Happy New Year, by the way. Who? How do I describe the sibling? I'm sorry, the third oldest sibling in my family. By the name of Phil. I can't say his name. I have to say by the name of Phil. We'll call it Phil. <laughs> it. So I call, call him up. And I go, uh, hey, how you doing? Fine. Uh, the kids are over. Well, I want to come over. And I couldn't because didn't want to get the kids sick. Right? That's right. So then I called uh, Kay. The oldest sibling in mm-hmm. my family. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Offspring of your parents. Offspring of my parents. <laughs> Rollin and Audrey. Said, how you doing? Fine. Why don't we do a Zoom call instead of seeing each other? That's what we did. My sister's older than I am. I remind her that she was born in the 40s. She gets upset about that. She says something you, which I'm not allowed to repeat on the radio either, (laughs) which might be more proper than using some of the other words that we can't use. More acceptable, maybe? Gosh, I'm just having a tough time to adapt. I'm a baby boomer. Are we allowed to use the term baby? Is that on the list by Nancy Pelosi? I guess the point I'm making is, who's making this stuff up? I mean, is there some hidden club society that meets in a room that's invited to a party that we're not invited to, that, like a poker game you're not invited to, that goes, okay, next year we're going to come up with this idea? I'm just asking, did they have like secret societies at Davidson when you were there where you just weren't invited, Bo? No. My, my, see, I used to say you were a brother of radio, but now we can't say that, but you're not my sibling. A colleague. So impersonal. An associate. I'll just have to go back to say I hate you. <laughs> That's allowed. Or is that hate speech? <laughs> I'm getting too old for this, man. Oh, man. Is, is this what I can't say man. Like? <laughs> I just said man. Okay, boomer. <laughs> so uh, the question we're going to be asking for the next hour and a half on the first day of the New Year's for us in radio, us in radio, is us allowed? We're going to be reviewing who's making up these rules. Where are the people who are asking the president to call the secretary of state? Who initiated that phone call? Who is the person who advised Nancy Pelosi to say "Amen" and "A woman"? Well, hang on. It wasn't. Aunt, it wasn't Nancy Pelosi. It was the invocation. Yeah, this was, this but was he right was here. ordered by Nancy. Come on, man. Oh, I'm. Mama and God known by many names by many different faiths. A man and a woman. I'm, I'm getting too old for this. <laughs> the PC police will be knocking on our door any minute now. The HR police will be coming in, holding up the sign. McCrory, get out of the studio now. So this could be my last day on the radio. This could be my last hour on the radio. Don't miss it right here on the Pat McCrory Show with 
My brother in arms, with, Bo Thompson. With they, them. Right? <laughs> All right. Uh. Oh, we'd like to welcome our sister. Can you say that? I don't know. We'll ask her. We'll probably get a memo. Professional acquaintance, Pam, Mor- Pam Warner, is she there? Is, is, is Are you there? <laughs> Of course. Okay, so she, she is in the Parks Heating and Cooling Traffic Center. Satisfaction guaranteed the Parks Way. Welcome back. Rory show. 2021 style. I am he as you are me and we are all together. Amen and a woman. So we just got a memo from the big execs in uh, Radio One Radio. Yeah. Is that how it's called? Radio One Radio? No, just just one radio. I don't even know the name. Radio One. Radio One. Yes. <laughs> just got the memo sent to us. It's like Foo Fighters. <laughs> goo Goo Dolls. Yes. Foo Foo Fighters. No, no. It's like Foo Fighters, not Goo Goo Dolls. So uh, the House of Representatives now, I mean... Here we've got a deficit of, I don't know, seven, eight trillion dollars. We have a huge issue with China going on right now. We got illegal immigrants coming across the border. We've got a virus and trying to get the vaccine out. We've got the Iran situation. We've got Russia. And what does Nancy Pelosi want to talk about? And now, this, these will be the new rules for radio, because uh, after tomorrow, the Democrats may control not only the House of Representatives, but the Senate in Georgia, according to some of the polls, which is quite shocking. So, according to Nancy Pelosi, we can no longer use he and she. Is that correct? You can't use the words father, mother, son, and daughter. This is going to be one of those things where she's going to regret doing this because when people are giving their speeches and they go, you know, this reminds me of the story when my mother. (laughs) It's unbelievable. So instead of he or she, they would become a member, delegate, or resident commissioner. (laughs) You can't make this stuff up. You don't know him. Kevin McCarthy, the uh, minority leader, and if this continues, he may be the majority leader in two years, called the measure stupid in a tweet and signed it, father, son, and brother. (laughs) (laughs) This is why the Democrats cannot be taken seriously, is because they jump into these types of things to satisfy a very small constituency that is very powerful in Nancy Pelosi's district of San Francisco. 
So what do you do about this? You, you, you say this is unacceptable. The question is, what is the media going to do about this? What is CNN going to do about this? What is Fox? What is CBS, NBC, ABC? Are they now going to start doing this like they have with other terms? You know, they don't use the term illegal immigrant anymore. They don't even use the term undocumented anymore. They have other terms that are more politically correct now, which are gradually changing our terminology of what we're allowed to use under the First Amendment of the Constitution called freedom of speech. But we really no longer have freedom of speech because the PC police in America are now saying what we can and cannot say in our country. And it starts out with the third most powerful person in the United States of America, the third person in line to the presidency, Nancy Pelosi, is now ordering all of the representatives to only be allowed to use certain terms on the House floor. You want the acceptable ones, according to them? Yes, please, because this will be part of our new policy. Parent, child, sibling, parents, sibling, first cousin, sibling's child, spouse, parent-in-law, child-in-law, sibling-in-law, Step-parent, step-child, step-sibling, half-sibling, and grandchild. Those are permitted. So if uh, a niece of mine has a baby, I'll go, was it a boy or a girl? That's, that's, I can't ask that. Gender is now not counted in anything. By the way, Nancy Pelosi allows race to be counted because <laughs> everything is race-related to her. But gender is not allowed to be mentioned. Is that the way you're reading the new rules? Because this will be our company policy in the very near future. Can't use father, mother, son, daughter, brother, sister, uncle, aunt, first cousin, nephew, niece, husband, wife, Father-in-law, mother-in-law, son-in-law, daughter-in-law, brother-in-law, sister-in-law, stepfather, stepmother, stepson, stepdaughter, stepbrother, stepsister, half-brother, half-sister, grandson, and granddaughter. All those are off-limits. Was the half-sister, is the sister part bad or the half part bad? (laughs) (laughs) So you're still allowed to say half. Uh, She's my half. So uh, I'd like a Democrat to call me up. A liberal Democrat to call me up. I'll put him on live for the first time in the history of the Pat McCrory Show and defend this. Please. I want to hear, because that's the kind of guy I am. I'm a very transparent, tolerant, open-minded. Any other adjectives I want to use on myself that you never use on me? I just say when you call... When you talk to our screener, Jeff, make sure you tell him your preferred pronoun. (laughs) Coming up, we're going to be talking about uh, maybe the most controversial phone call that's been recorded in presidential history, at least in my lifetime. And yes, there were phones before I was born, Bo Thompson. Expired.
Bo Thompson. During my tenure as mayor and during my tenure as governor, whenever I talked to anyone, I made an assumption it was being recorded. Whenever I talked to anyone, even in public, I assumed there was a microphone somewhere around. And everything I was saying was being recorded. Even when I talked on my phone to individuals, I assumed someone on the other side could be recording it or someone could be recording it outside the gate. Because you can do that now. I always made that assumption. And people around me, my chief of staff especially, Thomas Stith, who's now the new president of the community college system right here in North Carolina. Congratulations, Thomas. I'm proud of you. He always said, Governor, someone may be listening. And I always made that assumption. I had people around me who always made that assumption. By the way, I always assumed even when I didn't think people outside my immediate circle were listening, I would assume that people within my circle would tell someone else anyway. Mm -hmm. Because the minute they leave the office, someone else will go, hey, what happened? Oh, you know, the governor told so-and-so to go shove it or complimented them or whatever. And, and, it get, and it just gets out. And that's how you operated back when you were mayor, long before social media and long before Abs- people carried around HD cameras in their pocket. Absolutely. You know, you just assumed everything you said was going to get out. So when I read in the newspaper or see in the news last night that the president called the Secretary of State of Georgia, one thing I'm asking is, why would you do that? But second... Did you not know you're going to be recorded? And didn't people around you, including your chief of staff and other staff members, assume you're being recorded and that recording would get out? And boy, did it get out. It got out within minutes, probably, straight to the Washington Post on a very long conversation between the Secretary of State and the President of the United States. There are no secrets There are no secrets on the Internet. There are no secrets on your phone calls. There are no private conversations that are secret because someone always says something on the other side of the conversation. It's just human nature that that happens. I know right now on this radio station, I have trollers right now recording every single thing I say. And boy, am I going to regret that. But I know it. And one day, people are going to come out with a certain phrase of something I said and take it out of context and use it against me. But I know it. Did the president know when he made this phone call, the Secretary of State, did anyone inform him or did he think to himself, this is being recorded? Or did he record it and release this tape? But by the way, he made the phone call to the Secretary of State, who he recommended be arrested at one time (laughs) or be fired. So the call itself is an hour long. An hour long call with the President of the United States. Washington Post posted this yesterday. Uh, He's talking to the Georgia Secretary of State, Brad Raffensperger. He's also talking to other uh, election officials from Georgia. So there were other people on that call on the other side who were probably had their phones on. And Mark Meadows was on the call, too. From the White House. Yeah, Chief of Staff. So, there's there's some possible legal issues here about what the president can say to a state official, and is it perceived as a threat? 
And what the president did say during this hour-long conversation, here is some of that. So, look, all I want to do is this. I just want to find uh, 11,780 votes, which is one more that we have, because we won the state. And flipping the state is a great testament to our country because, you know, and there's, there's, there's just a, it's a testament that they can admit to a mistake or whatever you want to call it. If it was a mistake, I don't know. A lot of people think it wasn't a mistake. It was much more uh, criminal than that. But it's a big problem in Georgia. And it's, it's not a problem that's going away. I mean, you know, it's not a problem that's going away. And, and we got President, This is Ryan. We're yeah. looking into every one of those things that, that you mentioned. Um, okay, and our investigators, I but if you find them, you got to say it, Ryan. And if they're, they're, let me ask you, Ryan, if they're destroying ballots. Let me tell you what we are seeing. Go ahead. Good. We, what, what we're seeing is not at all what you're describing. Okay. And it, these are investigators from our office. These are investigators from uh, GBI. Um, and they're looking, and they're good. And that's not what they're seeing. And we'll keep, we'll, we'll keep looking. We'll keep looking at all these things. Well, you better check on the ballots because they are shredding ballots, Brian. I'm just telling you, Ryan. They're shredding ballots, and uh, you should look at that very carefully because that's so illegal. You know, you may not even believe it because it's so bad, but but they're shredding ballots because they think we're going to eventually get there because we'll eventually get into Fulton. Let me let me tell you something. I, I, I've had conversations with the president of the United States, Donald Trump, before he was president as governor. One of his great strengths is he has no filter. One of his great weaknesses is he has no filter. He, he says things right on the top of his head, exactly what he's thinking. And I think he does it in cases with me in a very innocent way. But when you see it on paper and you hear it, it can be perceived much differently than the way he is describing it. And this is where he needs to have staff around him to go... Mr. President, you cannot say this. You're talking to a state official. We see we have state officials and federal officials. They are separate. It goes back to the 1787 convention. The states still have their separate entity. The federal government has no legal authority to boss around the states. See, I'm that, that's what conservatives believe. They believe in local state control as opposed to federal government control. That's, the, that's, that's where conservatism came from. Move government closest to the people. And now you have the person ahead of the federal government saying, go find me 10,000. By the way, I would have I should have done the same thing cuz I lost by 10,000 votes. <laughs> what was I supposed to do? Call the mayor of one of the towns? Go find me 10,000 votes. Panther Talk tonight on WBT 6 o'clock. After cleaning out the locker day, which is just uh, hours away here at Bank of America Stadium, maybe happening already, I don't know, but we bring on a part of the Carolina Panthers broadcast team, WBT Sports Director. Uh, he uh, joins us thanks to New Serum Brewing Company, Jim Zoki, on a Monday morning on the Pat McCrory Show. 
Hey, Jim, it must be the weirdest feeling to watch people clean out their locker because here they've been together for such a long time, going through almost war together, injuries together, practices together, personal relationships together, and all of a sudden it just gone. It, it reminds me of a campaign a little bit. You know, after a campaign ends, you clean out the campaign office and everyone just goes their own way. And it's like the relationship's over. It, it, have you been down there when they've had to clean out their all, their their uh, lockers and it just everything disappears? Yeah, they, uh, you know, what they usually do is just uh, they'll come out and you, you see them afterwards a lot of times. And sometimes, depending on what year it is, he'll be in there. But I think, you know, by and large, you know, a lot of times you catch the guys also even come out to their cars in the parking lot, that kind of thing. And you're right in that. You've got some guys that will be here for another six, eight, maybe ten years. You'll have some guys who will never be back. That's their last time inside that building. You know, last year you had whole coaching staff on their way out. And you, and you knew that Ron had left, but the assistant coaches were, were still there, so you knew there would be a ton of change. Uh, whereas here, it's like they're, they're building something. You expect the coaching staff will be pretty much all the assistants will be back, that kind of thing. So it's a little bit of a different feeling this year. It kind of reminds me of camp as a little kid. You know, for two weeks, <laughs> you know, you're real close. You're bunking with all these kids. And then all of a sudden, everyone's getting their parents' car, and you'll never see them again. And it's, it's kind of emotional. <laughs> Do you see people get emo- football players get emotional about this? I think they're usually more or less just professional about it, and then you resign to whatever they're they're thinking their fate will be next. I mean, some of these guys have their contracts up and hope to come back, or they could end up somewhere else. Like say, Curtis Samuel is a great example. I think a guy that wants to be here, but the money's got to be right, or else he'll get a better contract offer to go somewhere else. So for someone like that, that's a key player that's invested in this team. Uh, that uh, that wants to be back, but then you, the business part of it has to happen. You know that's where it gets a little bit more difficult. But you know, some guys like they know they're going to retire. You know that's where it gets a little bit emotional. Guys that know they're going to walk out and never play in the game ever again. You know, in college basketball and college football, they always have the end game where the seniors are recognized and the parents come out on the field and you know there's a, a banquet and so forth. There is no such thing. It's pretty cold in professional sports, isn't it? Yeah, especially this year. I mean, there's not only no banquet, yeah. but you have to eat virtually through Zoom. So that uh, that doesn't taste as good. Well, and, and Zoki tweeted yesterday, it's interesting, Governor, that you said what you said a few minutes ago. Zoki tweeted yesterday, the last time these 2020 Panthers will all be together, which is true. Now, I used to be a camp counselor when I was when I was younger, mm-hmm. and on the final night of camp, we would all sit around, and these kids, you know, they're like eight or nine years old, and I, w- I would always say to them, this is the last time this group right here will ever be together exactly like this again in your life, and they'd all go, Oh, wow, wow, yeah. <laughs> but it's funny, what you just said, mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. that level and then on on the professional level, it's true. We, we just don't, a lot of times when you're in the moment, you don't stop to think about that, but, you know, it, they never will be assembled like that again, ever. And it, it happens so quickly. As soon as the game is over, they shower and they do their thing, they get dressed, and then it's it's not like I'm coming back tomorrow like all the other weeks. It's gone. You know what's worse than any of these, though, any of these scenarios, is for anybody who's had to pack up their college kid who promised that they had everything put together <laughs> and that they had a, a truck from a friend to get the couch and the, the chair and the yeah. TV out, and they don't, and you show up, and there's nowhere to park because it's a college campus, and you have no truck, 
and no ability to get home, a sofa, a TV. You're talking about a friend of a friend who had this situation, <laughs> yeah, I assume. Speaking for a friend on that one. That, that's worse than any of these right. I think we hit a personal note there. Some have said. <laughs> so uh, who is going to be back next year, or who's not going to be back that are named people? To, is Bridgewater going to be back? Yeah, Teddy's under contract for two more years, uh, but they'll certainly, you know, Look at competition, I would think, for that. But I think, you know, Teddy would be a part of that competition. The biggest thing, Bo and I talked about earlier, is you get Christian McCaffrey back. You're getting back one of the top five players in the NFL. Uh, to get him back and healthy would be a key that would have made not only this year better, but gives you a lot of hope uh, for next year. But, uh, you know, you got you know, young guys like Jeremy Chin and Derek Brown you just drafted. Brian Burns will be going into his third year. Those are the key guys on defense. Dante Jackson, I would throw in that group. And then offensively, you know, decisions be made. But, you know, you would think Taylor Moten will be back. He plays every snap this season on the offensive line. Uh, obviously, D.J. Moore, uh, you got under contract. You got Robbie Anderson under contract. So uh, you, you got some good guys. Shaq Thompson's under contract for a number of years. So they, they got some good building blocks, but they need, you know, obviously to add a lot to what they've got. So i got to go back to a previous Panther before we wrap this up. Uh, Cam Newton. Cam Newton actually had a good game yesterday, albeit against the Jets, but he had a good game. Yeah, 200 and some yards passing, 75 yards or so running. Where's he going next year? I think, you know, the, we, we've talked about it the last couple of weeks on our pregame show. I, the market, I bet, will be very small. I just think he just did not perform well. Uh, he and he didn't really have the injury thing that was going on the past couple of years, which means either he's he's not as good as he used to be or the accumulation of injuries through the years have somehow decreased his abilities. But he did not look outside of maybe two games. The Seattle game comes to mind early this year and maybe a few others. He did not look anything like but a, a shell of the former Cam Newton. So I would think the market's pretty small. And at that, probably more to be brought in as competition or backup quarterback, but not to be somebody's big contract 16-game starter. And we should also mention on the way out, Ron Rivera going back to the playoffs, albeit with a 7-9 and nine team. Albeit with the Jets no, or the, uh, the Washington football team. Yeah, and the, they changed quarterbacks at the very end. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles all of a sudden took Hurst out. Yeah, Jalen Hurts was taken out. And, and, and there's controversy. We don't have time Why to Why would you take that, Hurst out? He was actually having a pretty good game. Yeah, but you realize if they don't win that game, they have a higher draft pick. That's the uh-huh. point. Is is just... <laughs> it's like the telephone call between the Secretary of State and Donald Trump. Yeah, there are just some things you don't do in public. <laughs> All right, Zoak, thank you. Thank you. Jim Zoki tonight, 6 o'clock on Panther Talk with Eugene and Mick. This is the Pat McCrory Show, 2021 style, hour number two, next. First comes spring and summer. Pat McCrory is my friend. Thank you. But then we have fall. And winter. 14 years as Charlotte Mayor. Thanks, Governor. Thanks for having me. And this this actually all started under your leadership with uh, this brainstorming of what are all the pieces we can put together. Four years as NC Governor. You see, I'm one of the only radio people in the country who've been in the corporate suites, who've been in the governor's suite, who've been in the mayor's suite. Behind the scenes conversations. Who's been in the Oval Office. Hey, Pat, it's Donald. And I've been watching you all morning, actually, and you're doing phenomenally well. No talking points. If I can help at all, just let me know. Give me a call. I always do right. WBT presents. And then we get the Pat McCrory show with Bo Thompson. Spring and summer again. What did that mean? <laughs> I have no idea. I don't either. Well, Mr. Garner, I must admit that is one of the most refreshing and optimistic statements I've heard in a very, very long time. 
Brought to you by Felix Sabatis, Mercedes-Benz of South Charlotte. So, Bo, uh, the next two and a half weeks may be one of the most important two and a half weeks in our country's history. Because three things are happening. First, tomorrow's Georgia election, which will determine the control of the United States Senate, whether it be controlled by the Democrats or controlled by the Republicans. And either way, it'll be such a close vote. We're going to continue to have very divided government in the United States of America. But if the Democrats win tomorrow, If Georgia win, the Democrats win both those seats, Kamala Harris would break the tie. That means Chuck Schumer would be in the majority office, controlling all the levers of control of the United States Senate. And that means he and Nancy Pelosi and Joe Biden would have control of the two houses of the Congress and the executive branch. The only branch they wouldn't have control over is the judiciary branch. I mean, this is this election tomorrow is crucial, and yet what is being talked about? What is being talked about is the president of the United States, President Trump's conversation with the Georgia Secretary of State just hours before ballots are cast in person in Georgia. No one's talking about what's our deficit plan for the future, what our immigration plan is for the future, what is our trade plan for the future, what is our foreign policy plan for the future, what is our health care plan for the future. The whole conversation's about this telephone call regarding a presidential election that occurred back in November. Then the other conversations are about the virus and the vaccine. That's it. And I don't think that's advantageous to the Republican Party for tomorrow, and it concerns me greatly. Now, what else is happening after tomorrow? Well, Wednesday, the Senate, according to the Constitution, actually approves the votes, the Electoral College votes in each state. And there's a constitutional question. Is it the role of the Senate to count the votes only, just count the votes and record them and say who won, or does it go beyond that? The Wall Street Journal yesterday came out with editorial and said, and it was written by a Reagan lawyer, said it's the role of the state legislators to question the election. It is the role of the Senate to count. The electoral ballots. That's it. That's it. That's the only thing they do is count them. And if there's a tie, then the House of Representatives plays a role in breaking that tie. So we could have a constitutional crisis come up during the next two days, although most experts are saying this is just a political game in which the Republicans who are bringing up the dispute No, they do not have the votes to overturn this election within the Senate or the House. It's just delaying the actual vote. Ted Cruz saying he wants an emergency 10-day audit of the results by an electoral commission. How would they set up that commission? 
Who would set up the commission? Who would be on the commission? How would they do their work in 10 days? Do they vote? Do they have a consensus? Ted Cruz is one of the smartest guys in the Senate. He's an expert on constitutional law, too. But my question to him is, set up a commission. It would take 10 days to figure out how to set up a commission. And then the third thing that's going to happen is right now there's a swearing-in ceremony planned for, what, January the 21st or Mm -hmm. 20th? Uh, I believe it's the 20th. Double 20th. Hang on. Let's go with the 20th. (laughs) Okay. For the purposes of this conversation. The total peaceful transition of power in the executive branch of the United States of America. It is the 20th. Which is crucial to our republic. The peaceful transition of power. And there are some who are saying we all delay that. So these are three monumental events that are going to occur during the next two and a half weeks. And I've never seen this type of controversy. The closest this came was during the Gore-Bush election. When some Democrats, actually a boxer, Senator Boxer from California, did what some of the Republicans are doing now. And it was more of a delay tactic by Senator Boxer at the time, and she was praised by the liberal Democrats, and the Republicans attacked her. Now we're in reverse. I'll tell you, we better have a peaceful transition regardless in our country. That's what separates our country from other countries throughout the world is everyone knows on this audience how I hate violence. In fact, we're going to talk about that in just a few minutes, the violence that has occurred not only in Charlotte, but our major urban centers during this past year. And what are the politicians doing about this incredible violence that has overtaken our major cities throughout the United States of America? Where are the Democrats talking about Black Lives Matter when it comes to the mass killings that are occurring in Chicago, in New York, in Washington, in Charlotte, in Atlanta, in Houston, in Dallas? Where are they talking about it? I didn't hear any football players talking about it this Sunday or any basketball players talking about it during their games throughout this past week. They're silent on it. They're all about slogans and messaging, not about policy. I'm not afraid to talk about it. We're going to talk about it next, right here on the Pat McCrory Show. And also this hour, uh, some more audio from the uh, the presidential call this weekend that we have. And the big finish. First the big one of, finish. The first, first of the new year. That's right. First one of 2021. Brought to you by Rug Source, 704-374-3800. We'd love to hear from you. Welcome back to the Pat McCrory Show. Don't forget, 704-374-3800. The big finish brought to you by Rug Source. You have a very perplexed look on your face. So uh, let's talk about uh, President Trump's phone call. Okay. And then later on, we're going to talk about uh, some of the murders that are occurring in Charlotte and see if the Charlotte City Council is going to talk about it tonight. They do have a meeting tonight, first uh, business meeting of the year, uh, and there's a lot on the agenda. We'll we'll get to that. Uh, First, though, like you said, let's get to uh, some more audio from this call that took place over the weekend between President Trump and the Secretary of State in Georgia. Uh, that would be uh, Brad Raffensberger, And also on this call were, were several other election officials, uh, also Chief of Staff. Uh, Mark Meadows was on this call. 
this was leaked to uh, the Washington Post. By so only the Washington Post know who leaked it to them. We don't know if it was leaked from Georgia, leaked from the White House, or leaked from another third-party source. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of people on that phone call. There are a lot of opinions floating but, out there in social media about uh, who might have done this or how it would have gotten to them. But in the end, an hour-long conversation. Well, to have a private recording of the President of the United States out there, which, again, as I've said before, any elected officials, if you don't think your phone conversations will be leaked, then you're naive. And so the White House had to know that this tape was going to get out. Had to know it, especially with that many people out there. But whether it whether it was on tape or not, you've got to be you've got to be wary of what you say and how it will be interpreted. Whether or not your intentions were good or honorable, or whether or not they were bad, and there there could be some possible legal issues here. And it, it hurts me to say that, but there was one part that we've already played where the president said, "You've got to find me." A certain amount of votes, right? Yeah, he said, quote, all I want to do is this. I just want to find 11,780 votes, which is one more than we have, because we won the state, unquote. And if the Secretary of State had said in response, sir, I will find you those 11,000 votes, he would probably be in some legal jeopardy right now. Especially then if a favor would have been asked as, as a result, but a favor would have been received had he just said, I'm going to find you those votes no matter what. And so most of the conversation mm. that you'll hear is between the Secretary of State, Raffensperger, and uh, Brad Raffensperger, because you'll hear him say Brad a lot, yeah. and the president. There are a few other voices that are election officials on this recording, and uh, here is more of that. It's just not possible to have lost Georgia. It's not possible. When I heard it was close, I said, there's no way. But they dropped a lot of votes in there late at night. You know that, Brad. And that's what we are working on very, very stringently. But regardless of those votes, with all of it being said, we lost by uh, 11, essentially 11,000 votes. And we have many more votes already calculated and certified, too. So I, I just don't know, you know, Mark, I don't know what's the pur purpose. I, I, I won't give Dominion a pass because we found too many bad things. But... We don't need Dominion or anything else. We have we have all we have won this election in Georgia based on all of this. And there's there's nothing wrong with with saying that, Brad. You know, I mean, having the having a correct you, the people of Georgia are angry. And these numbers are going to be repeated on Monday night, along with others that we're going to have by that time, which are much more substantial even. And. The people of Georgia are angry. The people of the country are angry. And there's nothing wrong with saying that, you know, uh, that you've recalculated because uh, the 2,236 and absentee ballots, I mean, they're, they're all exact numbers that were, were done by accounting firms, law firms, etc. And even if you cut them in half, cut them in half and cut them in half again, it's more votes than we need. Well, Mr. President, the challenge that you have is the data you have is wrong. That's why the Secretary of State couldn't say, okay, I'll find him for you, because he had already said the data is wrong, and that, that would put him in legal jeopardy. Now, I think the President in all these states have legitimate questions asked. I've been saying for years this is not a high-tech problem. This is a low-tech problem. It had to do with voter harvesting, ballot harvesting. 
we lost the battle three, four months before the election started. And frankly, the Republican Party didn't do a good job fighting in the courts five months ago when the Democrat machine, with lawyer after lawyer after lawyer, with election law expertise, went out due to the virus, got laws changed regarding mail voting and liberalized much of the voting drop-off sites, which allowed for the possibility of ballot harvesting. You know, the same thing that overturned an election right here in North Carolina, won by the Republicans, done by the Republicans. That's why Mark Harris is not a U.S. congressman right now, because the Democrats accused him of voter harvesting. It ended up being like 60 votes, and they canceled the election. That's why Dan Bishop's in office right now. Remember the outrage by the Democrats about ballot harvesting? That's what we should have been talking about four or five months ago. And regarding the Dominion machines, well, we had controversy with the Dominion machines in my election in Durham. We had four years to talk about the Dominion machines. You don't talk about it after the election. You deal with it before the election if, in fact, there is an issue. And even with Georgia, we're still behind in the election. I really think the president sincerely believes this because he is being told this. And I know for a fact the president's expertise is not an election. I remember being with him. I gave a speech introducing him right here in Charlotte at a fundraiser up at his country club. And I said, hey, I said to the crowd of people, I said, the president and I are now ahead with unaffiliated voters. And it got an applause because all the polls were showing us behind. And I went backstage after the speech and the president went, tell me what is unaffiliated voters? And by the way, I admired him for asking the question, not pretending to know. But it also showed me he's in business. He doesn't know election stuff. But if he has people around him that are not giving him all sides of the issue and all sides of the dynamics, which they should have been doing five months ago, when, when Mark Elias was out there changing all the voting laws, including right here in North Carolina, that's when the president should have been on stage going, this is wrong. So the president's expertise, he's, he talks off the top of his head on these issues of elections because that's what he's being told. I, I don't think it's due to any devious matter, but on paper, it could be perceived that way. The first meeting of the year, Charlotte City Council, happens tonight at the Government Center. And we need to talk about how things ended last year with uh, some certain statistics. Yeah, we want to get your feedback today, too, on the first big finish around about Georgia election tomorrow, the recount, what should be done Wednesday, what should be done January 20th, 704-374-3800. Uh, the big finish of the new year, and uh, we'll be coming back right after these... Uh, messages. That's right. Hey, hey, hey what's up, man? Hey, brother, uh, what's up? This is a hey, big party, man. Yeah, yeah brother, like dig it. So when Bo and I uh, 
Took a few days off before the end of the year for the Christmas holidays. We are about to break the record of murders in Charlotte, North Carolina. And sadly, while we were on vacation, at least six people were killed. Bringing the total up to 123 at least. Yeah. Individuals who were killed, who were murdered, who were assassinated in Charlotte, North Carolina. Four of them were killed at one time on Beatty's Ford Road with hundreds of witnesses, and yet no arrests have been made. They have since found out like five or six different guns were used in over 150 rounds, and yet no one's been arrested. Four black lives were lost on Beatty's Ford Road. Seven others were injured. No arrests made. No outcry from this community. No outcry from the business community. No outcry from the political community. Really, a very small outcry from the neighborhood community, although a few courageous people continue to march. And I applaud them. Oh, we still have athletes wearing symbolism on the basketball court or on their jersey or on their helmets, which are meaningless because they're not talking about the killings that are destroying families and individual lives and young kids, boys and girls, men and women. Yes, I will use those terms regardless of what Nancy Pelosi says. I can and cannot say. These are human lives, men, women, black, white, Latino, gay and straight. They're brothers and sisters. They're mom and dads. They're sons and daughters. They're cousins, their uncles who were killed this year in Charlotte. So what's the city council talking about tonight? Legacy. Change the names of roads. What else are they talking about tonight? The mobility plan. The future of transit and roads in Charlotte. But what else are they talking about tonight? Possible term limits. Term limits for themselves. And they're having a public hearing on all these issues. Are they talking about breaking the record of murders in Charlotte? No. No public hearing regarding those lives that were lost in Charlotte, North Carolina. Our city, a city I love. Now, these are the questions they ought to be asking, which I brought up over two years ago when the murder rate started escalating again, similar to the early 1990s. These are the questions that they are not asking, and they haven't demanded. First of all, who's doing the killings? Are they pe- people who the police have previously arrested? How old are the people doing the killings? Who are the victims? Are the victims people who have also been arrested of previous crimes? Where are the shootings occurring? How many times have those people been arrested, convicted? How long have they spent in jail or prison in the past? How many had mom and dads? How many had completed high school? How many had completed college or two-year tech? How many of them had jobs? How many of them were high on drugs or drunk on alcohol? How many of them had mental issues, which is one of the biggest issues we're dealing with society right now is mental health. We're not hearing any politicians talking about the mental health 
and addiction crisis that's occurring in our country. How many of them occurred with illegal guns? Stolen guns. We're not hearing any of that discussed tonight during the city council meeting. Where are is the leadership in this city? And I'm not just talking about the political leadership. I'm talking about the business leadership, the nonprofit leadership. There is silence among all of them. These are lives that matter, black lives that matter, white lives that matter, Hispanic lives that matter, young lives that matter, old lives that matter. These are 124 or 23 lives, families that have been destroyed. And that doesn't include the families of the people that have been arrested. What they're going through right now, this doesn't talk about the the pressure on the criminal justice system. The pressure on our police who are rearresting the same people over and over and over again. It doesn't talk about the police who have to go to these scenes of the crime and deal with the families and knock on the doors of the families of the victims and say, your son or daughter is dead. I hate to inform you. Murdered. And we have no witnesses. Can you imagine having that job in the Charlotte-Mecklenburg Police Department? Now, we're not having any of the coaches talk about it, any of the owners of the athletic leagues, the NFL, the NBA, the NHL. No, they're not talking about it. We're not having any of the chancellors of our universities talk about it. We're not having any of the college basketball coaches who are making two, three, four million dollars a year talking about it. I understand there's a march this Saturday by some community activists, primarily African-Americans, because sadly, that's the community that's getting most harmed by these killings. And there's going to be a small march. There ought to be a huge march. And where's the media? The media is not asking any tough questions regarding these killings to our mayor, to our governor, to our attorney general, not just in North Carolina, but throughout the United States of America. We can't give up. We cannot give up on these people. We cannot give up on these human lives. We cannot give up on these neighborhoods and our city, on our nation. That's why I keep bringing it up. And I won't stop bringing it up because I saw this happen again and again. And sadly, I've had to speak at some of the funerals of people that have been assassinated on the streets of Charlotte. I've had to speak at the funerals of police officers who were assassinated on the streets of Charlotte. I don't want future mayors have to do the same thing or governors do the same thing. It's time to fix our criminal justice system. It's it's time to... Uh, address the drug and alcohol and addiction problem and the mental health problem. Have some courage. Stand up and talk about it tonight during the city council meeting instead of changing the names of roads. Big Finish, brought to you by Rug Source, is up next. Your chance to chime in, 704-374-3800. First one of 2021. This is the Pat McCrory Show with Bo Thompson on News Talk 1110, 99.3, WPT. Finish him! A word of warning, though, if he does lay into you, it's best to just let him finish. Nothing is over until we decided it! Hey, wait a minute! I'm not done yet! Come back! I'm not finished! 
And it is the first big finish of 2021 brought to you by Rug Source. Rugsource.com is the largest online resource of area rugs. And now you can stop by the Rug Source showroom at I-77 and Harris Boulevard, Rugsource.com. Uh, by the way, special thanks to Brett Jensen for uh, taking our place during the last couple weeks. And uh, thanks for our loyal audience, too, for the last two weeks. Listen to the best of... Uh, Pat McCroy with Bo Thompson, uh, although I came on two or three times during the week because, you know, in radio, there are no vacations. Because you're a giver. I'm always giving. And now it's time for you to give to us <laughs> for <laughs> the new year. 704-374-3800. Hey, McCrory, George Carlin must be spinning in his grave. There were only seven words you weren't allowed to say back then. <laughs> what a way to start. Come on, person. Person. <laughs> Come on, man. Come on, man, Pat. You know the reason Nancy Pelosi is in that position. Paul Ryan resigned because he knew that he would do damage to the Republican Party because he and Trump would clash heads. Good day. I make this prediction right now that the House of Representatives in two years will be controlled by the Republican Party. I think uh, this will be the last two years of Nancy Pelosi's reign, and um, I think in two years, because the the public always reacts if one party goes too far, one way or the other, the the independent voter will sway the elections and. Two years, I predict a Republican majority. Any predictions on who the speaker might be? Oh, Kevin McCarthy. Okay. I heard some very positive news from Senator Perdue himself um, yesterday on Fox News in an interview. He said that he was down five points in the polls November 3rd and won by two points, and now he's down like eight-tenths of a point. I think we're in better shape than people think. I hope you're right. The only difference is this is not, uh, the president is not on the ticket, and that does impact outcome. It's all going to be who's voting, and then what's the independent vote does do. I'll be curious how the virus and how this latest controversy will impact uh, tomorrow's results. Early voting's huge for a non-presidential election. We would do well to remember that conspiracy is not a theory. It's a crime, a chargeable offense. Hmm. 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 Well, if the conspiracy proves to be true, that is true. Absolutely true. I'm so glad you guys are back. Can't we all just get along this year? What have people been drinking during the holidays? <laughs> this is the, this or is, is this the, David from Asheville? Because marijuana does stay in your system much longer. This is the big, I mean, this is worse than Anderson Cooper on frickin' New Year's night where they oh. Snoop Dogg, you know, they, they make getting high like, oh, how cool, Anderson Cooper. This is and the big, Snoop Dogg. The big hangover today? Yeah, here addiction's one of the biggest issues in the world, and they're making it cool to get high and laughing about it. Hello, Governor. I just was thinking uh, the county commission, city council, mayor, sheriff, police chief, fire chief, superintendent of schools. Where is the outcry of racial injustice? Thank you. 
Yeah, tomorrow and uh, the coming days, we're going to still ask the question, why aren't our schools open? Because uh, all the science says it's safer for the kids in school. But for whatever reason, uh, the teachers' union's more powerful than science with the Democratic Party. But science. That'll be a discussion for later on in the week. Tomorrow was supposed if to be the day. today wasn't my last day. Tomorrow was supposed to be the day they all went back. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. When the pastor doing the invocation for the opening ceremonies at Congress yesterday closes the invocation with a man and a woman, obviously he doesn't know what the definition of amen means, and political correctness has gone way over the edge. If you don't know what he's talking about, this was the end of the opening prayer yesterday. We ask it in the name of the monotheistic God, Brahma, and God known by many names, by many different faiths. Amen and a woman. I thought we're not allowed to use the term man and woman anymore. They just broke their own rule. They should have a person. See, this is how confusing it is now. You're going to have to have an advanced degree. We're going to have to have, like, college courses. and So we're not all arrested by the PC police of the Democratic Party and the liberal movement. Because that's what the movement's become. It's become a movie of movement of... Uh, themes of narratives I had to find my list make sure I know what I can and can't say here is that the radio no, company's is, list or this is, is this Nancy Pelosi's this list? is Pelosi's okay because we'll be getting a memo from HR on this I'm sure soon you got to make sure you have your uh, you got to have the lips in front of you there's a lot hey Governor McCrory after the way that Chuck Todd treated Senator Ron Johnson yesterday on his show. I don't think, or I would appreciate, if you would never go back on that show because he just showed his total disrespect for anybody who doubts his thoughts. I, I miss that, but I haven't been invited back lately. <laughs> not whether I would or not. They haven't asked me lately. I Last time I was on, what, a month and a half ago? So uh, I don't know if I'm going to be asked again in the future or not. But I'm going to continue to do it because I like to be a voice on the panel from a conservative viewpoint. And if I don't do it, who will? I didn't see it either, but I have heard about it. He and Ron Johnson, Senator Ron Johnson, really got into it over the Electoral College. Let's play this. We'll play it tomorrow. I'd like to hear it. I'll get the audio for us. 704-374-3800. The big finish, much more to come in 2021, and much more to come tomorrow on the Pat McCrory Show, including tonight's public forum on term limits, on the mobility plan, on the Legacy Commission. Should be a a rousing... They're probably going to bring up Bo Thompson Road. What road will be named after Bo Thompson? We might might find out tomorrow. We'll say Bo Thompson with David from Asheville Road. Or Scott Padgett. Scott, I mean, another road named after Scott Padgett. He has so many roads in Concord that he's going to have to spill them I over hate, into... I hate Scott Padgett. Charlotte. Yeah. So you're still a hater in 2021. Gosh, I broke my rule. I said I wasn't going to do it, and I've already done it. What's the date today? January 4th. I went three days without hating anybody, at least <laughs> yeah, yeah. with a live microphone. 
<laughs> no one released the tapes from three days ago. You went, you went four days, and three days you weren't on the air. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Caught that, again. Yes.